This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Um, as I told you guys, we're going to switch things up, get some new voices in here. Um, Pete isn't retired. He's, uh, you know, coronavirus scared, hanging out. Nah, just busting his butt, pushing everything out through SI.com. Uh, your host, Jeff Lloyd, um, with me from 92.3 The Fan, from the Browns Wire, one of the hardest here working young men in all of Cleveland, Mr. <laughs> Mac Robinson, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. And also your local experts on the big stories. i got to make sure the head honchos get what they need. So we're going to take you through your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. First things first, Mac, buddy, little bro, how's everything going? Um, rising up and look, I mean, it's always good to basically learn the whole palette and you continue to do that with hard work and effort and how's everything going uh pretty good so far you know i mean really just hanging in there trying to uh you know hope that the only corona that i deal with is uh you know at a happy hour somewhere instead of uh in a hospital um i would say probably have that happy hour at home by yourself right now would be the best way to go about this buddy and i wouldn't even touch the freaking line you know unless you know you picked it off of the tree carried it home with a rubber glove yourself and could secure said line but uh you know, otherwise maybe 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 not maybe not. and uh, you know for the poor folks at corona sorry this isn't going so well for you guys but um maybe it has something to do with the whole wall and all that nonsense and all that garbage or whatever <laughs> But Mac, you were able to make it out uh, to Indy for a little bit. Um, you know, just some overall impressions. You know, maybe some things you picked up. But you know, now second year in a row here, and obviously where you know roots are now more in a Cleveland it makes it a little bit more difficult to travel. But you know, thoughts on Indy? We're going to get to a bunch here. Free agency. We're going to get to the draft here. Just thoughts on what you got to see, and you know, some of the young men you got to hear from, and the crowd, the buzz, all that stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the one big thing that was a, a major takeaway was something that everybody was really talking about, and that was a new format. Uh, you know, obviously, there was a difference in schedule because NFL wanted to make it a little bit more prime time so that you could see, you know, Henry Ruggs run uh, his 4-2-7-40 at a, at a 8 o'clock time or whatever. But, you know, it also made it a little bit more difficult because, you know, in previous seasons, uh, you know, I went out there 2017, I went out there last year as well. Um, and, you know, getting a chance to see some of these guys earlier on in the day, it allowed a little bit more time for teams to meet together and then inevitably go out a little bit later on. Uh, but this year it was different because of the fact that, you know, you had these players, you had these teams really getting out at 1030, 11 o'clock at night. And then by the time that they met with their other personnel, you know, it really ended up being one, two in the morning. So it was really a little bit difficult to, you know, get some more information this year. And not only that, too, but also to. Uh, really see who's talking with who and kind of get some more of that buzz going between uh, other teams and everything. Yeah, for me, the whole thing was, I mean, look, I get it, and Big Dollar is going to win out over everything, but it wasn't the point. It wasn't the best interest of all these prospects were there. Um, it, when the problem is, is you have all these guys, and like you said, you met, you know, uh, du- you know Duke Manyweather, who's you know been doing this now for a while, and you talk with all these training guys is, is they didn't have a plan in place. So a lot of them almost felt like they weren't doing the prospects that they were helping the best service they could because they were going into a blind, just like the, you know every draft prospect there was. And, you know, because normally it was, and I talked to some of these guys, it was get up, have your caffeine of choice. Here's a wham, bam, protein shake. Go in there and rock out the greatest, most important work out of your life. Now it's different because it's prime time. It's what do you eat? 
how do you get yourself set up for, you know, posting a phenomenal workout at night? And everybody's different. Every person's different. You know, some guys don't eat breakfast. Some guys eat a big lunch. And it just created for, you know, I mean, granted, they got what they wanted. They got the ratings, but they didn't get what all of us wanted, which were great, consistent workouts, which we did not get. Everything, and this is what aggravated me is, and look, you know, I love Henry Ruggs, and Henry Ruggs can go as high as he wants. He goes number one in this class. I'm totally cool with it. I understand what he's going to be in this league. But none of that should have been about how fast Henry Ruggs was and whether or not he was faster than John Ross. Everybody knows he's fast. There's no big difference between 427 and 422. It's laser (laughs) fast. It's Olympic fast. It's track fast. Yeah, no, you're completely spot on with that. And and that and that's the thing is that, you know, the NFL is trying to build up some drama with this. And obviously, like you said, they they did their job. They got the ratings that they wanted, but at the detriment of, you know, the teams and the planning that you got in that case. And not to mention, too, there was also this weird kind of downtime because you had that early on. Uh, you had the uh, press conferences with players and everything like that. Normally, that would get done around, around noon or so. Uh, and then you would still have all of the meetings or all of the uh, workouts going on at the same time. Uh, whereas this time it was, you had all of the press conferences done around one or two and you had this weird lull for three hours before you started to get into everything and you had to pick it back up again. And the other part of it too, is the fact that, you know, in talking with some other media members too, you know, the, the media room would get closed down at five o'clock when they would end up having the workouts going on. So you would just have to either work, you would either have to hope that your room had the NFL network or hope that the bar that you were going to had the NFL network. So it really was just a weird situation on, on both sides. You know, it, it almost just seemed like the, the plan wasn't really there. It was just trying to get the best ratings for all of it. Um, what they probably should have done is maybe chosen like, and even you know, it sucks to make it earlier, but maybe it, make it president's day weekend where at least mm-hmm. there was that three day weekend effect and like time wouldn't have really bothered anybody, but yeah, everybody. And, you know, and you know, like, we know the crowd we roll with Jeff. We know where some of them were watching these <laughs> workouts. I mean, Mac, we know where they were. Jeff is and I almost slipped your name in there. Wink, wink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we know where you guys were checking these workouts at. And you know, it's just in first time for everything. And uh, it just, you know, I get it, and maybe everybody will be a little bit better and more situated with it next year. But it was supposed to be the even flow of, you know, bang, 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 bang. And this year yeah. it was morning. All right, there's a, you know, we'll get. Well, all right. Oh, wait a minute, we got people lifting right now. Wait a minute, but now we got people running forties. <laughs> it was just all over the place. And well, and the, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. The other, the other thing I was going to say too is the fact that you know, obviously, the the other looming story was the fact that. You know, L.A. is building up this massive palace out in Inglewood uh, for for Stan Kroenke out there. And now you're starting to hear the whispers coming out that, you know, this might the time in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine might be coming to an end. And it seems very likely and a distinct possibility that next year is the final year in Indy. So that's the other thing that's kind of looming over all of this as well. You know, you've already had the change in time. You might have a change in scenery and venue uh, coming up after next season. No, there's – and I think everybody's, like, kind of agreement and acceptance in the NFL Network is why do I need to share anything with anybody? Everybody knows they own the land, um, and they're going to have to find a way to facilitate things for two franchises, um, even if they're sharing a stadium and apparently sharing freaking logos right now, whatever that oh. may be. Um 
and everybody knows it's going there. And there were some people, well, look at it this way then. If these 4 p.m. workouts, which was when they were starting this year, you know, in not next year, but the year after, they're essentially going to be 1 p.m. Eastern workouts. And look, I mean, the problem is going to be is, you know, for what folks like we, us get paid, it, there's no way it's going to be cost feasible for us, you know, to be going cross country to LA and justify the means. So it's going to be interesting how it all works, but the NFL network don't care. The NFL don't care. And I mean, God bless them for it. I understand, you know, they know they're a monopoly and they can control it and do whatever they want. We're going to get to a little bit more here with Mac Robinson. We're going to talk some free agents. We're going to talk some of Mac's draft favorites here as we continue to roll on through what is your Tuesday edition of lockdown Browns Belize and style.etsy.com um, run by Ms. Jen Zisco. Um, Love the work she does. Um, a lot of stuff um, is, you know, through uh, with the girls from That's What B Said. She does a fantastic job. Um, and again, she's when the prices, she's not sculling you, you know, the old, the old uh, Macklemore line. That's $40 for a t-shirt. That don't roll with Jen. Uh, Belize in style.etsy.com. You're looking for Browns gear. You're looking for Cleveland gear. Go ahead and check it out. Mac free agency is looming. And again, everybody comes with this. The Browns have money and it's, you know, spend like a drunken sailor. And then when it doesn't work out, oh no, why didn't it work out? Oh, they spent all the money. It doesn't work out. Throw out this regime, go with a new one. Um, you know, it, it we won't, you know, just on Trent Williams and for today, guys, <laughs> the whole thing coming out through Roto World for the 20 million, that was to scrape away the flies. That was for the teams he does not want to go to. That was too. He's never going to make twenty million. He knows it. Everybody knows it. It's a tactic, and this is for now the teams he would like to go to. Come in. Let's get the best offer. Let's get the Washington brass on the phone, and let's make this happen. Um, I'm not going to spend twenty million dollars. I'm not going to spend fifteen million dollars. I'm not going to spend thirteen million dollars on a thirty-two year old tackle. But there are some free agents in this class at some positions of some need for this team. Mac, let's go. Yeah, so I put out an article uh, earlier in the week um, talking about seven different free agents that, you know, they had the connections with Joe Woods on defense yep. uh, specifically. Um, and a couple of them that I really find very intriguing. Um, the one that I really wanted to talk about was Bradley Roby uh, because, you know, he's got a lot of experience as an outside corner and I think he would be great depth. But the other side of this is that, you know, in doing a little bit of research, doing a little bit of digging on my part, um, you know, looking through some PFF stats and everything like that. You know, he actually had some pretty good success in the slot. Uh, he only allowed uh, 0.97 yards per snap in the slot coverage. And while, mind you, it's only 147 snaps total that he had in the slot, you know, it's enough of a sample size for me to where I'm like, okay, you know what, I want to see what you can do there. Because he had similar tack tackling numbers to uh, TJ Carey as well. So, you know, I want to see if you can get somebody like him coming in a little bit younger, has that experience, and had his best seasons uh, with Joe Woods previously in Denver. So I really think that that would be an interesting combination uh, between those guys. The other one, um, you know, it's going to be more expensive, but, I mean, Chris Harris is interesting to me. Uh, if you want to get that bona fide starter in the slot, um, you know, that all-pro type uh, cornerback, I mean, Chris Harris, you can't go wrong with him. Um, and then the other one that I wanted to mention, too, uh, was somebody like a Darian Stewart. Because, you know, I mean, when it comes to the NFL, you know, obviously last year we saw the fact that your depth matters. 
because you had tons of injuries go through. It's the main reason why I want the Browns to re-sign Justin Burris as badly as I do, um, because I think that somebody like him is extremely valuable. Um, but, you know, you had that with Morgan Burnett last year once he went down. You need that veteran in place. I feel like a Darian Stewart who, you know, he had that experience with Joe Woods in Denver uh, for a few seasons. He's that kind of veteran type. He's not going to get a ton of playing time, but he's that solid safety net to where, look, if I need you to come in and play, I'm not going to worry about, are you going to know the defense? Are you going to know where to be? I can go ahead and put you in there. You've gone through most of, you've gone through most situations in the NFL. I think you can handle yourself out there. So I would go with somebody like Darian Stewart at home. Um, and this, you know, going to your article here, and it, it was interesting. And Roby wasn't a guy I was, you know, too intrigued by, but actually reading your article here. But what I do like about this and the idea of him is, is look, you know what he can do. He can go inside and outside. And this is something I've suggested, and we had talked about this, you know, Pete and I. Um, you look, Greedy Williams, you're never going to kick him inside. You're not. Mm-hmm. But there may be weeks where you're going to go against a team, and guess what? The best wide receiver they got is going to be a slot guy. So if that's the case, why not have somebody, you know, who can play outside or inside? But why don't you say, all right, well, why don't we just take Denzel Warden and eliminate this problem? We'll have Denzel play a little bit more slot this week. Now, Roby can do both. Obviously, it's going to give you options where you're going to disguise what you're doing with with these three cornerbacks on the field. And if the biggest threat is the slot guy, then why don't you just say, well, Denzel Ward is here to eliminate the biggest threat on the outside. Who cares that it's lined up at the slot? Denzel, go take care of that. That's what we'll have you do. And all right, wherever he goes, you go. We'll take care of the rest of it. If we're going to zone out, you know, zone behind it, if we're going to man behind it, be that as it may, who cares? Take your best cornerback and eliminate the best receiving option. And if you bring in a guy like Roby who can play on the outside, and there may be weeks where you say, you know what? We're not putting Denzel on this week, inside this week. He's going to go wherever Hollywood Brown's going to go. He's going to go wherever Juju goes. He's going to mm-hmm. go, who knows how it's going to work out with Cincinnati. But, you know, that type of thing. (laughs) Stewart, I do like. And the thing with Stewart, where he may be interesting, is what this front office views Sheldrick Redwine as. And this is going to be one of the toughest parts um, as far as what goes on here this offseason. You know, I think Sheldrick right now, what we know, we can play a little bit of both. We don't know what the best of him is. He looked better, closer to the line of scrimmage. He looked a little bit lost at times, you know, back to playing free safety. But is some of that rookie? Is some of that he was thrown into the fire and wasn't ready yet? But he's got the athletic profile to be a free safety. But you see him and you watch him play, he looks like he's more of around the line of scrimmage type of safety. So that one's tough. But I do agree with Burris and even Eric Murray to an extent where you want one of these two back because they're just defensive backs. Both these guys were corners in college. They've ended up, you know, the best success they've had in the NFL is being safeties but they're just defensive backs. So sometimes when you get into a week where like the Rams week three last year, where it was like, you know, Justin Burris had been there for 18 hours. Well, you're going to play safety. And he played every snap played really well, graded well, just because he's a defensive back and he's smart. Sometimes you just need those guys where, you know, utility safety. I don't know if I'm making up a term here, but you want those guys that are just defensive backs and you can put them, somewhere and they know what the role is that they got to do yeah no you're absolutely spot on with that and and that's the one thing too is that I feel like having a guy like Stewart also be able to kind of teach some of these younger players because look let's be honest you're at least adding one safety here in free agency and then you're probably adding another one here in the draft 
Um, you know, the the my top option that I would say for a safety and free agency is going to be Anthony Harris. But once again, he's a top free agent in, in the class. So it's not like the Browns are going to be the only one that's lining up to dance with the guy. So you got to keep that in mind. You got to keep your options open. But, you know, if you're bringing in a rookie, you're also having Redwine, who's a young player as well. You want to make sure that you have these veterans that they can turn to where if they have questions, they can also kind of lean on them a little bit and kind of soak up all that knowledge that they've gained throughout their career. So that's kind of why I look at Stewart as an underrated type of signing, but I think that's somebody who can be very valuable for this defense. Nope, 100%. And, but I mean, you, you got to get the nice, the nice blend of, you know, just some guys who know what they're doing and understand there's athletic limitations. But if you put them in the correct spot to succeed, and, you know, that article was definitely spot on. Um, and look, Harris is, Harris is going to be interesting because you got all the connections. It's probably going to be coming down to money because you're talking about a former undrafted free agency. But that's one you really got to be able to put to bed because, you know, you've got a lot of people here who know him and helped him get to where he is. So it'd be weird if that wouldn't, wasn't able to work out. But you never know with the way this is going to work out analytically and the way they view things. You know, it's a little bit more here with Mac Robinson, obviously, you know, working over at 92.3 The Fan now. Great written work over at Browns Wire. Dave Apparel. I talk about him all the time. S-Z-A-B-O. Um, Brian and his family, uh, I appreciate the work they do. They are diehard Browns fans. Um, appreciate the franchise. They are through there with them, thick and thin. Brian, a veteran, two kids, uh, currently serving in the armed forces. Um, it's none of this, you know, rush to print type of stuff. It's done through appreciating this franchise, even though they never get the appreciation back. And none of us do one day, one day kids. Zabo apparel S Z A B O. At Zabo Apparel on on Twitter, at Zabo Apparel on Instagram, ZaboApparel.com. Go ahead, check the fine folks out. And is a great product. Mac, draft darlings. What do you like here? What what are some names you think you need to make this work and for some better success for 2020 to be better than 2019 and hopefully even better than 2018? So, you know, for me, one of the guys that I've really just had a massive draft crush on, and, you know, he's a draft crush of a lot of people as well, but Antoine Winfield Jr., you know, if the Browns were able to find a way to come away with him, I feel like he's a a great type of hybrid type of safety where he's just a playmaker, you know. You can have him play up towards the line of scrimmage. He can make some plays there. He He can make some plays on the ball down the field. But I think that he's just a playmaker altogether. He's somebody that the Browns need on defense. Uh, especially. Um, Another name that I really like, and I I know you've been talking a lot about the tight end class this year, but the one that I really just, I I watch his tape and I absolutely love what he's able to do is Devin Asiasi out of UCLA. And (laughs) my biggest takeaway from Devin Asiasi's tape is that whoever's in charge of recruiting when it comes to quarterbacks at UCLA just needs to just find a different profession because that quarterback that they have was absolutely terrible because, you know, he's got natural hands. And, you know, I, I was tipped off to him by our mutual friend, uh, Stephen Thomas, you know, uh, Brown's mock draft. And, you know, he turned me on to his tape. And, my God, I love him as a blocker. Uh, you know, he's very tenacious in, in the run game, uh, especially. And he shows soft hands. So, I feel like getting him in, and especially with his blocking tendencies, getting him with Bill Callahan, 
uh, as well as working with some of these guys here. I feel like he would be just a much better NFL player than he was a college player. So he's somebody I really like in the later rounds. Um, and then, you know, obviously everybody's talking about, you know, the fullback movement um, here in Cleveland. And the one that I'm looking at as a potential uh, position conversion um, is out of Cincinnati, the tight end. They had him run as a running back a little bit at the combine. Uh, but Josiah uh, DeGuarda, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh -huh. um, but Josiah, I, I really like his athletic profile. He doesn't quite uh, fit necessarily as a tight end, but I want to see him try to work out as one of these hybrid fullbacks uh, with that H-back position. I think he would be fantastic in that type of role, and I think that he would really fit in this type of an offense. Um, and that's going to be the thing. They're going to have to get creative. Obviously, there are a couple of free agencies, uh, a couple in free agent. Uh, free agency. Um, Ham, obviously, who's the most, but he's a restricted free agent. So you have to see what Minnesota does. Um, there's the Sherman Tank from Kansas City who's available. There's a couple, but it's it's going to be difficult to essentially find that guy. And like, like you said, you may have to create that guy. And look, it could end up being somebody that nobody stinking knows. It could be, you know, Rick Steiner's kid. Um, who seems to be a popular that, name. And I'm, I believe okay with, I'm okay with that too. By all means, I would take that. <laughs> What's actually funny though, because um, yeah, the conference he plays in, he actually played against my alma mater. So I was able to reach out to them and they were like, wow, like they were like, you would be amazed how athletic this kid is. Um, you know, so hopefully before he goes on to a, you know, a future in professional wrestling, the Browns can get him to play fullback for a couple of years. But even talking with the folks at the senior bowl, they, they would love, love to have two fullbacks down there. They couldn't find them. They couldn't find two fullbacks to have. It's a dying position as far as the college game, but there's still folks in the NFL who do it, and it's just tough, and it's tough to find. It just makes for crazy, crazy scenario in that spot. Um, so I do, you know, I, I agree with you, and it's 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 a fun class. It's a different class. Um, there's positions where it's insane, obviously wide receiver. Um, the offensive tackle group, I, you know, I went through the other night. I, I have 13 names that I'd be totally comfortable with up until pick almost 74 and 90. There's 13 names in the tackle class. Um, the, you know, pass rushers, eh, nothing much there. Linebackers, it's a great group up top. And then it's a whole bunch of day three guys that you'd like. Um, let's go with this one, Mac, here. And this is one Pete and I go through all the time. Who's the second best cornerback in this class? Oh God! We all I know mean, who one is. Yeah, no, and and that's the thing is that it just seems like you know this is a a one name above them all, and obviously we all know Jeff Akuda. I mean, Jordan Reed talked about it on Twitter uh, from the Draft Network, you know, talking about how you know show kids Jeff Okuda's tape and show kids Jeff Okuda's combine, and guess what? That's exactly what you should be teaching them. But you know, the one thing that I will say is that when it comes to this class. You know, if if you need a corner, it, it's going to be, you know, outside of that big name at the top when it comes to Okuda, the rest, it's kind of just middling in between the in between the rest of the group. That's kind of the way that I look at it. Um, and, you know, I, I've obviously been focusing on the offensive tackle class. And, you know, when it comes to corners, it's it's just so tough to pick out. You know what I mean? It's just it, – it's, it's, it's a weird draft because, you know, normally cornerback – and look, I'm not saying it's not deep, but it's not – top deep and mm -hmm. that's one thing that may hurt the Browns because other people may choose to dip their feet in the water and that may hurt pick 41 
and the linebacker crew. You got the linebacker crew. You got Queen. You got Murray. Um, you know, uh, you, you got bro. I mean, it's like there's a couple names up at the top, and then it's like, all right, well, I love a lot of these guys on day three. That's one there. Um, and the thing is with the tight end position, whether it's free agency, whether it is the draft, I don't know if you're gonna find that Kyle Rudolph type blocker. Look, we've got that Irv Smith guy, we've got four of them between the Joku and you know the Princeton kid, and uh, you know, obviously Ricky Seals Jones. You've got those guys in spades. I don't know where you're going to find that tight end one dominant blocker. You hope he can give you something in the receiving game. Yeah, and and that's the thing is that, you know, I've kind of reserved myself to the fact that, look, you're not going to find that all-around tight end, and if you are, then he's going to probably go in the top 15 picks. We saw that last year with TJ Hawkinson, but, you know, and, and even, too, you saw that last year. That would year. have been the guy. Yeah, a- absolutely. I mean, between him, Noah Fant as well, like both of those guys, you know, obviously when we're talking about Iowa tight ends, like, I mean, it, it's pretty much golden, but at the same time, you know, you're not getting those guys as much anymore. A lot of these guys, like you mentioned, I mean, they're going to be in the same mold as the guy that you've gotten, Dave Njoku. And guess what? Dave Njoku is 24 years old. Like, you're, he's not even 25 yet, and you're still waiting on him to develop. And tight end is such a – is the tight end position as a whole is so hard to develop because it's one of the longest positions that it takes to develop. It's the same reason why, you know, Eric Ebron didn't have success in Detroit and he moves on to Indianapolis and all of a sudden turns into a red zone machine. And so that's mm-hmm. the same reason why you got to have some patience with some of these guys. And when you talk about the top guys, it just doesn't necessarily match up. You talk about for the Browns, you know, what the positional need matches up very well. Um, when you talk about offensive tackle, you talk about some of these free safeties. But, you know, when you talk about tight ends, the value just isn't there. The guys that are at the top, are very similar to a David Njoku. You're not getting that kind of that kind of diversity in the tight end room. You know, you're looking at guys who are going to end up being similar to um, a Evan Ingram, who's going to be used as one of those yep. big slot types. So, you know, at the same time, I mean, that's why people were talking about Claypool out of Notre Dame being that similar type. And guess what? He ran better, he ran just as well as Evan Ingram uh, and really performed as well. Uh, so, you know, it, it's really interesting to see how this all plays out. That's why, you know, for me, I'm not necessarily looking for that top shelf, number one tight end that is going to be that George Kittle type. I'm looking for that guy who's going to be that inline blocker, not necessarily being the main target, but, you know, being that nice complimentary piece to a David Njoku. Yeah. I mean, you just, and, and the other thing is, and this is one thing I try to say is, look, there is no way this front office is going to be able to address every need that currently exists. They're going to do their best. Um, but sometimes you just can't bring in what does not exist. Get to a couple of listener questions here. We start to put this one to bed. Uh, my buddy Dino. Um, Mac, where are, you, where are you at on Olivier Vernon? We talked, obviously, just now about you know the draft class at pass rushers. Limited free agency. The good ones seem to be getting scooped up. Um, and, and this is what cracks me up is everybody's ready to go throw a King's ransom to Trent Williams due to injuries, but Olivier Vernon's got to get the hell out of town. Yeah, no, when it comes to Olivier Vernon, you know, I keep going, um, back and forth. Cause here's, here's my thing with Olivier, you know, I mean, I love what he was able to do and look for the money. You're not going to be able to get somebody better. My only concern was the health. Um, and you know, when he was healthy, when he was out there, you know, he was performing very well. Um, but look, if there was a better pass rushing crop, I would, I would probably advocate for going ahead and, 
you know, seeing what you can do with that money. But at the same time, you know, there's not really much out there. I think that there's other things that you can do to help your cap situation. I look at moving on from a Christian Kirksey and a Chris Hubbard. But, you know, I mean, other than that, I think that you got to keep Olivier Vernon around and look at it this way. If you can go ahead and hold on to Vernon for one more year, that money that you're giving to Vernon this year, you're going to end up giving to Miles after you give the extension. Look, what you're going to do is you're going to take a swing here and you're going to hope you draft somebody and it'll probably be probably maybe the third round pick, maybe the fourth maybe on day three, and you think you got something. That's what you're hoping for. Um, but there's no way – there's just it, – it's it's a desert. It's dry. There's not a lot there. And there's – and look, and this is one thing I will continue to tell you guys all the time is you hope for this stuff in the draft. This year, offensive tackle is going to line up. But free agency-wise, you were not going to find people who protect pass rushers and you are usually not going to find pass rushers. Everybody, mm-hmm. oh, well, go get, you know, Yannick Ngakwe. He's, he will be there this year in Jacksonville. They are not just going to let him walk away for peanuts. Yeah, he'd be fantastic. But guess what? You bring him in, I guess nobody's keeping Miles Garrett. And, you know, you can't do roster construction. And, Mac, you know this. You can't do it like it's Madden. Yeah, no, Exactly. And, and that's the one thing is that, you know, in order to build a team, you know, for once for the Cleveland Browns, you know, we've been talking about this and harping on it for years of, oh, well, they don't keep their talent. They don't keep the talent around. And, you know, the talented players that we do got that we do have, they walk out the door anyway. You know, for once you have an opportunity to keep your talent around and keep these guys who are among the best in the league, especially when we're talking about a Miles Garrett, where if it weren't for one swing on the head in in Pittsburgh, we're talking about him potentially for defensive player of the year with the sack production that he had, you know? So I, I realistically think that, you know, you got to keep a Miles Garrett around and, you know, I'm all for healthy spending, especially keeping in mind that the cap should be rising up here in the next couple of years. So I I do think that there's going to be a little bit of wiggle room, but you also don't want to bank on that. You want to make sure that you're in a solid position to go ahead and give those extensions out when you can. Look, I mean, you drafted two guys, number one overall, two years in a row. You know, what, whatever you think about the current state of this franchise, this is this is the base of it. It's the quarterback. It's the pass rusher. You hope. And finally, you can start to fill it in. And it feels so weird that I'm saying these same statements almost two and a half, almost a three years now that I'm saying these same cliches. But this is what you're hoping for, obviously. Mac, any thoughts here? We'll give you a little open forum here for a minute or two. Um, CBA is getting interesting. And I think the thing for me is the owner's just like, all right, well, tell everybody they, they can smoke weed and we'll just try to sneak everything else under the rug because we gave them this caveat. Yeah, no, I, I think it's getting really interesting, especially, you know, with the entire, um, you know, Russell Okung situation now kind of unfolding. Uh, where he's now trying to uh, – he's dealing with a lawsuit with the NFLPA now at this point. And really the owners are just kind of making sure they're ahead of the curve with the PR swing of things. Um, and comparatively, you know, it just seems like the NFLPA is in a little bit of disarray. You know, the vote should be coming down later this week. Um, and, you know, given the fact that, you know, the league is majority – uh, is those lower paid guys. So I expected to still go through, but man, it's going to be interesting the way that this is kind of unfolding. 
Um, well, the problem is, though, is is these owners get older and older and older, and they don't understand. And, like, the gap between – and I know this between, you know, my children who were 13 and 12 and my mom, God bless her, and my mother-in-law, both 73, they talk to my 13 and 12-year-old like they are six, and they don't <laughs> get it. So these owners that are 73 and in their 70s talking to these highly intelligent Guys in their 20s, J.C. Treader amongst them, they don't realize how smart these kids are. And they are not of the era of, well, I can prove you're wrong because all I got to do is go and Google stuff and I can prove what you're saying is wrong. It's mm-hmm. not the old, I'm going to believe it because you told it to me anymore. And that's kind of where we're at. Um, I, there'll never be a stoppage. Um, everybody loves their money. The players love their money, but the, the you know, and on the players' side, it's hey, if we're going to play more games, there better be more cash for everybody. We got no mm-hmm. problem with more practice squad guys, anything, whatever that nature. But um, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit more off the top, guys. Guess what? That's the way it's going to work. Um, and it, it's just funny to see because you know, and when you slide to say, and you have guys like you know Eric Weddle, well, everybody in the league smokes anyway. So there you go, NFL. That just you know blew up your party <laughs> right there. Put your Candles out, so to speak. Mac, uh, always a good time. Appreciate you. Let everyone know where they can find everything at. And I know you're working your butt off, bro. And I <laughs> I envy it. Um, I wish if if I were young again and I had to work, <laughs> I had to put in the effort, I, I'd love to do it the way you do. I really do. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. You can you can find myself on Brown's Wire, my written work on there. Uh, you also guys can find me on Twitter at MacRobinson95. You know, I am getting the Hurry Up podcast going up and going again. You guys can follow that on Twitter at Hurry Up Podcast. Um, and I've got a lot of interesting guests that I'm going to have coming up here. Uh, you know, a little, little bit later this week, I'm going to be talking with our buddy Jeff Risden. Uh, so happy to, be, happy to be having him on and happy to be back and going again, you know, finally podcasting again. Um, just super excited to get everything going, man. Uh, keep working, buddy. Keep working. Um, and, you know, obviously with Mr. Risden, we'll get Jeff in here closer to the draft and you know get his thoughts and always a good time with jeff it is most certainly a good time and i think judging by it i think travel basketball season's almost over so maybe jeff Rison's life is going to get a little bit easier a little more <laughs> blending for all of us but like you said make sure you're checking everything out all the written work over at brown's wire Boston is bought as part of uh you know the 92 uh 92.3 the fan fam um now at mac robinson 95 max great guy Great asset, and for anybody, anytime there's an issue with the show or the recordings, first person <laughs> I go to, Mac, where are you, Mac? What are you doing right now? And there's times where he's covering Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, how big is the issue, Jeff? It's only about 90 seconds, Mac. I got you. I'll take care of you. Mac Robinson, <laughs> great dude. Appreciate him. Always you know, enjoy the chat. Um, so make sure you check out everything Mac does. The show itself, at Lockdown Browns, all over case. Always follow back. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, it's the time of year, guys. This is as much as I love the regular season, I do, but it's hard to get from game day to game day. Um, this time of year, it's free agency, it's drafts, all of it. This is fun. This is kind of it's always been my passion. I do love the regular season <laughs> immensely, but this is the part where you get to talk about everything and then see what comes to it. So appreciate Mac for coming out here. Make sure you check out everything he's doing show itself, iTunes rating reviews, always appreciated. 
with that, we'll put a bow on this one. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.